So it was 2018, and I was sitting in this sharing circle for check-in. Perhaps you've been in a similar circle. The candle was already burning low amidst the long check-ins. The topic? Ministers planning the annual pledge campaigns. The next turn is mine. And then it kind of started to come together. Why it's harder and harder for all churches to meet their pledge goals. Why it is harder and harder for families to meet their savings goals. Why nonprofits are in a scramble an increasing scramble to diversify funding bases and try to keep their doors open. Because there are people sitting at their jobs 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, somewhere in the world there's a team of people who are paid to put their good minds to work to find better ways to get more of your money. How can we compete with that? It's not paranoid a little but it's industry it's an industry of taking taking as I shared in that circle and what I said started to resonate amongst the other ministers this is the idea that unfolded there are people trying to function basically in a leisure industry and in order to function in their leisure industry, they have to compete with others. And we have gone from competition over who had the best leisure activity to competition over who is best at convincing you that in order to live a full life, you have to spend money on their leisure activity. So now it's a competition to change our deepest values. And then there's the healthcare industry. Everyone needs help, but in an industry that demands ever-rising profits in order for an organization to remain competitive, the question is always, how can they get more profits out of healthcare? The pharmaceutical industry has devised a dizzying and successful plan to bid and adjust drug costs to ensure that you and your insurance company pay as much as possible for the drugs that you need. And they invest in ample ad dollars to ensure that everyone is aware of the latest, most expensive drugs. Let's be clear, very often these drugs are needed, but they are putting ads behind the most expensive drugs that sometimes cost $5,000 or more for a single dose. So it's, it's evident that what's going on in the pharmaceutical and healthcare industry has a good handle on any available income that you had that you might have thought was expendable. And then there's technology, your smartphone. There are people whose job it is, again, to find new ways to get your attention using this device. And with your attention and concern for this device, they can more easily persuade you to believe in the following paradox. Number one, you should get some apps on here to help you relax and manage your time so you get fewer interruptions from this. And you should also buy the latest new one that's better at getting your attention. And then, of course, if you are faithfully holding on to your old device and don't want to replace it, 
then they lose the profit motive to maintain your needed apps on the old device. So then you get a new one out of acquired necessity because you could no longer do anything on the old device. And then to top that off, apparently these devices are adding to our stress. So my husband recently read that your sleep tracking devices are keeping people up at night. <laughs> because people are lying in bed stressing that they're getting a bad sleep score. <laughs> so no one has the time, no one has the resources to keep up with this frenzied industry. I could go on with the list of industries, I could go on with the list of things that we talked about that day in that circle. The people who are ultimately tasked with convincing you that your interests will be best served by giving them your money. Give them your money and receive your health. Give them your money and receive a future. Give them your money and live your best life. What we are left with is a reality in the wake of all that taking. A reality where Generation Xers are facing far less wealth than their predecessor boomers. Where Gen X has not only less wealth, but insecure jobs and insecure housing. And Generation Z is facing not only a precarious economy, but a precarious world to live and breathe in. What we have now is a quagmire of worries. And guess what? The invitation to spend money to take one of those worries out of our minds. But no one is telling us the truth about our money the truth about our power and our money, no matter how much we have. Everyone is saying, spend here to be a better you, but the truth is that spending on yourself in a global crisis will never work, unless you're a billionaire, of course. If you are a billionaire, then you may have the wealth to defend yourself in your lifetime from the pain and suffering around you. However, that solution is reserved for 0.000003% of the population. 2,153 billionaires in the world, according to Oxfam's report. That's a lonely solution, and I don't even think the billionaires all want that solution. But for most of us, spending on ourselves won't save ourselves. Because the truth is that it's our generosity, our radical generosity, giving the small amount we can, whether it's time or treasure, that lifts us up, that gives us hope. Let's get a reality check here. I want a quick reality check. Three or four people. What do you really need? What are you told you need versus what you really need? Here's something I, uh, a middle school student I used to work with told me. I'm told that I need the right shoes and the right phone in order to be good, to be cool. But really, I just need three square meals and a job for my mom. Here's my example. I'm told, have you noticed the summer ads are out already? This region gets on the summer, like as soon as January hits, make that summer plan. Well, the summer ads are out, and I can start feeling like if I don't plan the right thing and get the right memories, 
plan for my kids that I have somehow failed as a parent. But what I really need is a few days without school and work distractions to deeply connect with my kids and my husband and some time to connect with the ancestors and with nature. So I don't actually have to spend much money or many carbon emissions go far to get there. How about you? How about a couple from the congregation? What are you told you need versus what do you really need? Think about it. I'll come to you. I'm told that in order to be successful in life, you need to go to a good college, that you need to go to a top-level college, but really, to have a good life, you just need to be happy. Yeah. Be true to yourself. Got one? Did one of you have your hand up? If you brush your hair and it's quiet in here, I'm coming at you. I can go. I'm told that I need to have many, many different friends when what I really need is just a core of a few solid friends who I know will always be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm told that I need to work all the time to make my family financially stable when what I really need is to spend more time with my family. Amen. I'll add one more. I'm told that I need to buy some expensive creams to prevent the 40-year-old natural progression of my skin. But probably all I need is A, to be at peace with it, and B, a little more sleep. Hint, (laughs) hint, little ones. There's something in common amidst a lot of the things that we shared, I think. I'm tying the threads. What we really need, it seems to be more about time. And I hear more about giving. Giving time to yourself. Giving trust to yourself and your future. Giving some space in your life, not to have to have lots of friends, but some ease and depth with a few. Giving time, giving knowledge, giving affection to your family. What you're doing in all of these things, you're giving to your vision, to the world that you long for. Instead of buying to get something for you, You are giving to your vision, to the world you long for. That is powerful. That is nourishing. That is sustaining. Now imagine how powerful that kind of act of generosity is when you combine it with the generous vision and giving of a couple hundred kindred spirits. That's right, all of us here, sharing and giving what we can, can create beloved community. And here I'm going to get really cheesy, y'all, so bear with me. It's going to sound too good to be true. But we can create the justice-filled world that we long for. We can create beloved community where, that we talk about, where each person experiences a life of dignity and justice and democratic engagement and lives in right relationship with nature. 
We can build this when we each give what we can towards our common vision. And when we give anything towards our vision, it lifts us each up. Does it still sound too good to be true? A little cheesy? I don't mind a little cheesy. But it's not too good to be true because I have evidence of it here. Let me tell you a quick story. This is a true story. For all of those of you who have just been learning about nonfiction versus fiction, this is a nonfiction story because it's true about things that really happened as opposed to fiction. So once there was a minister who arrived at her new congregation, and within a few days, she learned that the bridge on the playground where the children loved to play had rusty, jagged metal pieces sticking out, and children were running and playing on this bridge. And something had to be done. We simply couldn't have this. So we decided to take down the bridge. I've quickly gone to the we, so you can see through my story right now. <laughs> we took down the bridge, and then we learned that the bridge wasn't even to code anymore because it was 20 years old and kids could easily fall off, and we don't want that, jagged pieces or not. So we had to wall it off, and the children were sad, and they had no full playground to play on, and that is not what we want. And so quickly a group came together because they knew, and they had a common vision, they knew that it is vital for children to have a safe place to play. And they wanted everyone in this community to have their basic needs met. So with that vision, that shared vision, this group came together and something wonderful happened. First, our neighbors, our friends in the preschool contributed half. And so instead of $52,000, we only had to pay $26,000. And then other amazing things happened. Because we all had the same vision of a safe place for everyone in this community to be. People who don't play on playgrounds anymore, whose children have grown up and have long moved away, they gave lots of money because they saw the vision of needing that. And people who don't have lots of money to begin with, children, people of all ages, gave $5 or $10. People made things, made ornaments or or brought their wares and gave the things that they had for others to buy and donate money. Everyone gave small amounts and large amounts towards a common vision, and guess what we now have outside? You not only have the playground that you cannot miss. Take a look at it. It looks fantastic. I hear it's really fun. I haven't spun around on the things yet, but I'm going to. I have to check the weight limit, make sure I'm not. I think, okay, good, good to know. But here's the thing, you have something better. You have the greater gift. The greater gift is what you get when you give to your vision and see it come to fruition. This is what we have. So when you start to worry whether you've got enough, when you start to get distracted by the, all the things the ads say that you need in order to live a life that's good, if you start to worry that your gift here isn't worth giving, open your heart and see what is outside and what is all around you. Give what you can towards a common vision, and your vision will materialize. We will make it materialize. You can receive the greater gift by giving to your vision. 
So this is what I realized in that sharing circle. We need, we each need to give to our vision in order to build beloved community. It's not just something we can do together. It's something we need to do. And so everyone must have the power to give to the world that they dream of so that they can be part of creating it. Last night, Joe Tuggle at the pledge kickoff said this, perhaps most importantly, your support allows us to all serve all members of our community, regardless of their financial means. Giving generously ensures that our congregation doesn't exclude individuals who may be unable, for example, to contribute food to a community event or who may not be able to take off work to volunteer. Giving generously allows us to make good on our promise that all are welcome here. So we give no matter how small we think it is. We give what we can in our time or talent or treasure because we deserve to give to build our vision. We give no matter how much more we can give than others because when we share our common vision with others and we can give more, then we are writing a deep injustice. We are correcting a deep injustice. Giving to vision of beloved community then is giving justice to the world. It's giving creativity to you and everyone else and it brings joy. So of all the gifts you give and receive, your greater gift is giving to your vision. And it becomes greater still when you give towards a common vision. Together, in this spiritual community, that is what we do. We come together and we vote and we reflect and we pray or meditate and we discern what is the common vision. And then we all move towards that. Our vision is of a beloved community of all souls, all ages and races and generations and genders and abilities. We house the homeless here and we build the playgrounds. And with continued generosity, we will keep feeding the hungry as we will today. And we will keep expanding our building and the features here so that all bodies, regardless of ability, can enjoy this space within this community and those beyond that we shelter here. We will continue to grow our justice work too here. With our continued generosity, we continue to grow True Agatink Colors, the racial justice group, and our advocacy work so that we work to make the whole state of Virginia and beyond welcoming to all souls. So in this season, you're invited to give to your vision and our vision together. Because no matter how much you can give, when you give to your vision, it's a greater gift. Like the playground, the gift of $5 or $10 is just as great because it's part of making it happen. And you see it materialize. Because we envisioned it together and we built it together. Give like you would give if the world was already calm and compassionate and just. Give to our common vision to receive a greater gift because together what we are giving is a beloved community. May that be so. Amen. <laughs>